Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. The popularity of drag has exploded in the mainstream consciousness, uh, thanks partly, perhaps mostly, to the reality TV series RuPaul's Drag Race. And New Zealand's no different. We have a multitude of drag acts performing to sold-out crowds around the country. Les Femmes is one of those acts. The trio are currently staging their comedy cabaret drag extravaganza, Sirens of the Silver Screen, it's called, at Auckland's Q Theatre. Earlier today, I spoke with the founder and performer, uh, Jeremy Hinman, also known by stage name Mismanage just as he was getting ready for tonight's performance. Yes, we are. We're making good time. Uh, You've caught me uh, with no lips and no lashes on, but everything else is good to go. Talk me through the process from start to finish. How does it work? Uh, We start makeup uh, three to four hours before we do our show. Mm -hmm. Because the first thing you have to do is uh, shave, Mm -hmm. get um, that stubble gone. Uh, then we block our eyebrows out and then you can start to paint everything else on top to paint new eyebrows, change the shape of your eyes, add all your contouring, drastically change the shape of your face with just paint brushes and paint, which is um, quite uh, an alarming transformation mm. sometimes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then the last things we'll do is we'll pop our lashes on and our lips on right before we go on stage just so that they don't get spoiled um but we like to get ready really early Mm. because as uh singers uh it means that we get to stop and have a proper dinner break Mm. we get to warm up properly um in Auckland we're performing with a band so we do a sound check with the band Mm. so we can't just be in makeup until the show starts we've got a a bit of other things other, other business to do before we get into the show so that's why we start so early is the is the preparation like the aesthetic preparation? Is that fun, or does it feel like work? Does it ever become like a chore? Um, it's it's one or the other, right? Yeah, <laughs> depending on 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 the day. Either it's um, we're feeling a bit pressed for time, and no one's talking, and it's just face in the mirror, go 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 go. Mm-hmm. Um, but like today, we've had the music on, and we just. Have banter and because there's three of us getting ready together at the same time um it can be a bit more fun and a bit more social yeah. which is quite nice and it kind of those kind of good vibes often just carry straight into the show which is which is how we prefer it hmm. yeah yeah part of the prep i guess um tell me about you in drag jeremy how'd you get your start in the first place um the first show that i did outside of uh once i finished my 
degree at drama school was a show called La Cage au Fond, and I was cast as one of the drag characters in that show. And so I moved to Melbourne, I got cast in that show, and that was the very first thing I did. And drag was something that I had always been curious about. I come from a dance background. Um, obviously, I'm a queer artist, grew up doing ballet and um, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so it was just, it felt like it was just outside of where I lived normally at that point. Mm-hmm. So when I did that first show, which was back in 2012, it was just um, dipping my toe into a whole other world. And since then, I've done another couple of shows that have taken me into that drag space. Um, but it was always in the context of a, of a book musical. So it wasn't something that I had a lot of agency over mm. in terms of doing my own makeup or deciding what I was wearing or or choosing how I was portraying myself. Um, and it was always in the back of my mind that that was something that I would quite like to explore. And then during lockdown, um, my fiancé and I... Uh, my fancy Ollie is one of the other performers. Mm-hmm. Um, we just started to sort of ruminate on that idea and kind of flesh out what it would look like to to perform as a trio. Um, and I was like, this is quite fun. The interaction with the audience and the way that you get to interact with the audience in that space it was really fulfilling and exciting to me. So then I was like, how do we do that, that but make it something that's from us, um, which is why the drag kind of trio came about and and we are quite different to other drag performers that you might see because we we sing all our own songs and we write all our own shows so we live in that cabaret space which kind of makes it hyper queer obviously but also it um it just gives us complete agency over how we perform what we perform uh which is really liberating as a musical theater performer yeah used to being in a show that someone else has written and telling jokes that someone else has written and often directed and you know like getting to create all of that ourselves is a really exciting um uh expression for us yeah i mean that that is an interesting element to the show that all three of you are top top musical theater performers and you you sing on stage and that must add uh, an element to the shows that it's not only a a performance but it's also it's a gig in a sense yeah but i also think like we're atrocious lip syncers <laughs> so you know like what, what what other drag artists do is out of our reach yeah as well but then what what we do does is is a different way of presenting drag and it lives in a different space as well we've never performed in a gay bar for example which is where most other queens will get their kind of start or where they do their regular work where Whereas we live in a um, in the cabaret space, so we're in theatres, and uh, and I think what is quite exciting about that for us is that actually that we have a lot more accessibility to um, the public. Right. Uh, we we have, we have a wider demographic by default because we live in a different space than what a lot of drag does, which is a really fun way to marry that in a you know in a RuPaul's Drag Race world where you can you can access it online so easily mm. but then for a lot of people finding it in their local community or around them is a little bit harder sometimes um, mm. if you're not a, you know a bar going queer person um, that that can't, isn't always accessible to 
the wider community. Mm. And, and obviously that's changing now and that's, you know, drag is getting out there more and, and queens are doing more things, you know, bingos and their own cabaret shows and touring around. But it's quite cool for us to live in that space that, um, that hasn't been exclusively for queer people. Mm. Uh, and, it, yeah, we get to share a, a message a bit broader, I think. Tell me a bit about Sirens of the Silver Screen. What can people expect from the show? So Sirens of the Silver Screen is probably our silliest show yet. Um, The provocation was really um, music from the movies. uh, And the initial kind of brief was music from movies that are not musicals. So any movie that has like an iconic song in it, um, like... You Don't Owe Me from First Wives Club mm. or um, My Heart Will Go On from Titanic, that sort of canon of, of music. Um, and we pulled together a set list of things that we were really excited to perform. And then we stitched together a storyline, which, if I'm honest, is absolutely bogus. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically follows the idea that it's uh, uh, we are the three stars of the movie. Um, so we're kind of creating our own cinematic journey borrowing uh, silly tropes from movies and cinema, borrowing plot points, um, references, and music from everyone's favourite movies. At one point, we would go to space, which is like a Star Wars-y type part. Um, There's a bit of Sister Act in there, a bit of James Bond. There's all sorts of crazy things. And, And so it's the most... It's like we put a whole bunch of movies in the blender, mm. chucked in a pack of glitter, and then have put it on stage. Put it on stage. Nice. That's a nice, um, <laughs> nice, pithy description there. Um, and you've got yeah. you, you mentioned this earlier. You've got a live band performing with you as well. Lush, love it. Yeah, and here in uh, Tamaki, we've got um, a seven-piece band performing with us. Um, when we're out on the road, we have a really great set of tracks that have been created especially for our show. Uh, but here, when we're playing at Q Theatre, it's a big theatre, it's a great space. We wanted to make sure that we had the kind of full potential of that. And um, every other time we performed a show this big here in Auckland, we've had the band. So we've we've got the band back. And it just adds such a crazy element to it as well. I mean, seven pieces in a small band, and it's got um, a three-part horn section, which is my personal favourite. If you want to make something sexy, just put some horns. Just put some horns in there. there. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned before that um, you know, you you made the decision to perform in not explicitly queer places. And I imagine that many in your audience, your show might be their first uh, experience of, you know, really visibly queer culture. W- what sorts of reactions do you get? Yeah, I mean they're overwhelmingly positive, I would say. Um, we're a, a really large part of our core papa with the trio is to be able to take our our work and our drag into the smaller parts of the community. The rest of the tour that we're on at the moment is, you know, we played Fakatane a couple of weeks ago, going to Palmerston North, we're going to Carterton. We, we do this thing at the end of every show where we go out and we spend about half an hour out in the foyer people come and get photos um, and say hi. And that is our favourite part of the whole process because we get to meet queer kids that are coming and seeing, you know, blatantly queer performers in 
person for the first time, mm. um, which is really, really special. We get to meet grandparents who have come along because they've recently had a grand grandchild that's that's come out and they wanted to come and experience some more of the world that their grandkids, you know, are walking into. Mm. And it's just, it's a really beautifully gratifying way to um, add purpose to what we do is get to meet the people afterwards. We don't, we, do, we don't have any real heavy messaging in our show. It's just silly and fun. And uh, we get the, the audiences laughing with us and at us mm. um, intentionally from start to finish. So we feel it's a really easy way to, um, to broaden people's horizons or change people's minds or, or uh, share some more acceptance just by having a good time, mm. uh, which is really, really pivotal. Uh, we did one show in Poneki a couple of years ago and the whole back row of the auditorium was a group of um, men who were kind of 60 plus. Mm. And, and often, you know, people are coming with their wives or they're being dragged along. But there was this group of about 10 like older gentlemen who would come together as a bunch of mates to see our show. And for the whole time we were doing the show, we were kind of like, is that someone's grandparents who bought their mates? Or, but these gentlemen had just seen a, a poster. They've got a group of their mates together and come to see the show. Um, and they had the best time, mm. but they'd never, ever seen drag mm. before, uh, which I was like, that's, that's incredible that they came along, they had a great time and then they just left knowing that drag now exists and what it does and how fun it can be. Um, and they didn't know that before they walked in the door. That's great. That's a cool story. Um, after tonight's show, you've got two more Auckland shows, Jeremy, and then uh, whereabouts are you taking it? So next week we go to Palmerston North to the Globe Theatre and then we go to Carterton. Um, and then the following week, we are going to Hamilton and Tauranga. And if people want to buy tickets, whereabouts they whereabouts they head? They can get them from our website, which is lefemnz.com, L-E-S-F-E-M-E-S-N-Z dot com. And it's got all the details on there. Jeremy Hinman, or Mismanage, I should say. Thanks very much for your time tonight. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.